0: There's John. Hey. Hi. There's John. Good morning, John. Hello, Eddie. What's up? I've positioned the this console in the farthest part of the house. Yeah. From the from the construction that's going on. (laughs) But you may still hear the whirring of of steel blades and the uh, sawing of wood.
1: Are you in, a, like, a, a, a Super Mario game or something?
0: I am, I'm, uh, I'm a, yeah, I'm the, <laughs> uh, I was trying to remember if the turtles have names, I think it was called Turtles. I don't know. Super Turtles. I don't know. What video game system did you grow up with? Atari 2600. Yeah, me too. Long after it was uh, obsolete. Yeah. There were no upgrading in my house.
1: I eventually got my hands on a ColecoVision.
0: Mm. Which mm. is something That's good that was good for Donkey Kong.
1: Yeah, it Donkey really Kong was. Jr. It really was. Um But uh, I always kept the twenty six hundred and played it with great uh great pleasure.
0: It's good for Pitfall, it was good for um the journey game. <laughs> the
1: journey, journey Escape, you mean? The
0: journey Escape, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always liked it. it was it was called Journey Escape with the anticipation that there would be other journey. Uh, games to play. Named after future albums by yeah. yeah. It was a good game. You were riding a bicycle through the stars trying to dodge um, groupies? Quality? <laughs> <laughs> of, course, of course, quality. It's good to, good to see you. You look like you're comfortable.
1: Well, this is, um, I, I am, I don't know if it sounds different to our listeners, but um, I'm in a different location from the one that I typically have, I've historically um, podcasted from. I'm in New you're York a, City. You're, you're on a sofa. Yeah, I'm on a sofa in, uh, in New York. You're on Davenport. Uh, yeah, sure. And... Um, what I'm doing now is everything is different basically. I'm I here I have to ch- change the screen so mm-hmm. you don't just see the top of my head and a lot of wall. Um, it's all very it's all very awkward and now I got to write I got to write the po- the title possibilities down, but I got to do it on my telephone cuz I can't reach the laptop because the laptop is on a little ottoman mm. like 3 feet away from me. So
0: Is it on top of some books?
1: No, it's it's just on an ottoman. I guess that?
0: is that the construction. Yeah, I think that's a table saw. What are, What are they doing out there? Good question. They're building me a bathroom, John. <laughs> <laughs> They're adding a bathroom to the second floor of this house, so that we can be in the uh, the bedrooms, which are upstairs. So you can be in them. Well, we can, so we can turn them into, into the bedrooms that they properly should be.
1: What are they uh, now?
0: Down the stairs and through the house is, not, is too far for a four-year-old to navigate. If we want to uh, make things comfortable for him. You might kids, don't, been... kids shouldn't have to walk too far. No. To pee in the middle of the night. No, they definitely shouldn't. they're not shouldn't. going to. They're just going to pee in the closet. Like <laughs> an undergraduate.
1: <laughs> this is a thing that happens?
0: In your household, <laughs> <Or> I <it> could. <laughs> it could.
1: Um, so yeah, I'm in I'm in New York, and uh, I'm renting a friend's apartment for a month. I'm ostensibly here to work on new fiction, um, as part of a sort of writing retreat. But mm-hmm. what I'm actually doing is. Um, Copy editing, or going over the copy edit uh-huh. of my forthcoming novel, which I had hoped to have finished before I got here, but that didn't pan out. Yeah, well. So I have a question for you.
0: Is it a copy editing question?
1: Yeah, it is okay. actually. So far, the copy edit is very good, and there are a lot of. Here's okay. Here's my first observation about about this copy edit in particular, and copy editing in general. I remember being very militant about my commas when I was a young man mm-hmm. and I took deep offense at the at the copy editor's insistence upon removing commas from certain places and inserting commas in other places because I think of a comma as a, sort of a sort of a seasoning you know there are certain places where you definitely need a comma there are certain places where you definitely do not require a comma but Beyond that, I just took it as my prerogative that I could, you know, I could, uh, um, uh, I could add commas if I wished for a, for a dramatic pause. Right, if to-
0: you're not writing academic criticism, no. where the where there's a, there's there's a, a a pretty verifiable reason why there should or shouldn't be. Any kind of punctuation. Your the punctuation is is part of the so the body language of the storytelling. Okay. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, critical for for your instincts of of rhythm and pacing. Exactly. More than properly parsing um, one phrase from another.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say that my work as a writer means even more to me now than it did then. However, now uh, I don't. I I don't feel like questioning the copy editor so much with the commas. I'm all like, you know what? It's perfectly fine that way. I'll just, you know, her way is just as good as my way. I'll just leave it. I'll just leave it.
0: I would look at every one to make sure that it's not. Oh, of course.
1: Yeah. And some of them, some of them, I'm studying sense of
0: something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, but uh, for the most part, it's like, I, I look, I look at what she did to the line. I think about how I wrote the line. And I go back and forth for about thirty seconds, and then I think, yeah. doesn 't really matter, yeah,
0: so that, that professional has a reasonable opinion about it, yeah, this. yeah yeah, but here's the it's thing like, here 's the thing well, i will just, just one, one quick aside, if you really want to make a copy editor happy, okay. turn in a book like my second one that has no punctuation in it at all <laughs> saves everybody a lot of time, yeah, I
1: bet it yeah. does, yeah, what did the copy editor do with slash to it and oh, actually.
0: I found something to talk about, but...
1: I'm really curious what a poetry copy editor does, because so much of what's interesting about poetry is ways of swerving away from, you know, uh, being in relation to the rules of grammar and punctuation, but swerving strategically away from them,
0: for effect. Well, I I think I've had very good copy editors who are are specifically, um, have, have spent a lot of time thinking about how to copy edit poetry. Yeah, for Copper Canyon, and and uh, <clears throat> um, aren't aren't something aren't aren't setting some sort of standard of of modern usage to struggle against, but uh, just performing very close readings of the work and end of the whole manuscript to see if you know if uh, if some move of, uh, of 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 language or, or punctuation or spelling or or way of, you know, idiosyncrasies are consistent throughout, you know, on page one, is if you're doing the same thing on page 70, which one do you want to do? Right, right. Which which deviations do you want to um, be consistent with?
1: Well, that's just the thing. Sometimes you don't want the deviations to be consistent, and that's the thing that's kind of vexing me about this copy edit is, like, I see what you're saying here, and, and the copy editor will often put a little note, you know, Tra- change it like this see page 67 and then on no. page 67 i do eff- effectively the same thing and i make a different aesthetic choice um but then i kind of want to reserve the right to be inconsistent because inconsistency is also an aesthetic choice it sounds like you got one of them big uh them big portland uh mosquitoes <laughs> the mosquito yeah yeah it's buzzing in my ear yeah yeah anyway I do much um, of that. so i i gotta tell you something i don't think i told you this you know the, you know the, um, uh, blogging platform that our literary magazine is now published on, Medium. Yeah, I wasn't going to say its name, but yes. Oh, it's, I'm sorry. It's Medium. Uh, it's quite all right. Um, yeah. So we were having we were having a problem. Um, I, had to, I had to learn how to use it so that I could I could. Um, Format our stuff in a way that looked good on medium, but also sort of reserved some of the personality of our magazine and the prose and the comics were no problem, but poetry I oh. started trying to lay it out, and um, i couldn't it, i couldn 't indent and i couldn 't make like big spaces between words, which are things that poets that 's just part of the, the visual language of poetry. You have to yeah. be able to do that, so we wrote to them. our our uh, editor-in-chief and i wrote to them and asked like hey how do you how do you do how do you indent how do you do the and they said uh oh you can't um because you
0: shouldn't be writing poetry
1: what i said what they said was perhaps you should what you should do instead is let your writers know about the exciting possibilities of of medium (sighs) and have them write things for the for the platform Mm-hmm. Effectively saying that, like, our dumbass unwillingness to let you indent is, in fact, m- more important than the entire
0: history of poetry. Right. It's a feature, not a bug. It's a bug. Yeah. yeah. It's a bug. Well, they man. have a point. Not, <laughs> not necessarily to answer a specific publication's concern about poems that's already accepted. But <laughs> yeah. the immediate question that was proposed to me when I learned about the internet and hyperlinking and and the you know in 1992 when professor joseph tabby brought in the news of hey everything's going to change and you guys are just about two or three years too old to really grasp it, <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> was that was uh, correspondingly um everything will change like these media i mean fiction will change poetry will change theater will change film will change everything yeah. has to, everything will adapt to the new format to the new mm. media, the way that 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 historically has always happened with new new formats, things change, but maybe not uh, fast enough for <laughs> for Okie Panky and Medium to <laughs> to solve.
1: Well, I
0: understand that that is
1: an inevitable truth, right? That that uh, the the media we use to. To write and publish our work is going to inform what we choose to write, and things are going to change. But I, I definitely, and I'm God knows I'm not a traditionalist of any sort. That I embrace new technologies, maybe with uh, um, uh, excessive zeal, if anything. Mm-hmm. That said, <laughs> I, I just this like eagerness, this eager, <laughs> this eagerness to obliterate the past in favor of the new. I just yeah. don't understand. I think there's a, I think there's kind of a hostility to
0: traditional forms. Oh, that, sure, absolutely,
1: yeah. Um, I just don't get.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's in the nature of it. Um, but it's also funny that that uh, one of the things that's supposed to happen with new media is then we're supposed to have more. Opportunities, and if the if the new exciting opportunities of this platform are that you can't indent or make spaces between words, it doesn't really seem that exciting.
1: No, it really doesn't. <laughs> um, well, what their I mean their their whole point is that the good what i what I've ended up doing is if people have that kind of formatting in their poems, I'm just making a PNG of it and just posting an image file. On the site, which is fine. It's perfectly legible. You can't really read it on your phone well, but poetry usually looks shitty on a phone anyway. Yeah. Um, and at least it will look the same on a phone as it does on a big screen, except that that <laughs> that you'll have to like, especially if you're a man of a certain age, man or woman of a certain age, you'll have to hold it super close to your face and like s- yeah. swipe swipe it with your thumb. But anyway, well, you can just they-
0: provide my phone number and I'll read the poem to them. <laughs> Yeah, actually. Just call me and I'll read it. Oh, I, I understand the problem here. I'll, let me just say the poem to you. It'll take a minute. If we actually,
1: that's a that's a gr- great enhancement of. Um, Give my, my phone number. I'll that's call an them. opportunity. That's an opportunity yeah. to to change. That's an opportunity that we could we could uh, that technology has offered us to let you read poems to people.
0: Yeah. On demand.
1: <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Um, but yeah they they want you to be able to like highlight words and make little comments and then for everyone on the internet to see the comments um, but as you know this if you get a if you ever bought a kindle when it ships to you and you open up your first book on it this irritating feature is is pre uh, enabled where there are little dotted underlines throughout the book you're trying to read and there are little call-outs to mm. some dumbass's comment about it I don't want to read that shit.
0: Here's a trivia question from my Sunday night group. <laughs> okay, <laughs> which of the which of these four texts is the least highlighted in the Kindle uh, in the Kindle editions? Oh, okay, go for it. Or, or or do have people highlighted the least? So the question is, which of these is the least highlighted and annotated? <laughs> okay. A Fifty Shades of Gray. Okay. B, the Holy Bible <laughs> by God and friends. <laughs> okay. C, uh, the Hunger Games. Okay. Um, I've forgotten what D was
1: d was the correct answer though right
0: something that you would annotate <laughs> james <lot>. joyce's ulysses <laughs> ulysses or moby dick or yeah so it's a bible 50 shades of gray uh hunger games or uh, you know some other
1: and the answer is <laughs> the one the one you would want to be the most annotated that's the correct
0: answer the least annotated was the um uh, the dirty one the uh the 50 shades of Grey. oh really okay
1: I'm, I mean, I you know, just I I was taking a contrarian view of the whole question, yeah. but um, I would ex- I would naturally expect that that would be the correct answer because it's why would you annotate porn or softcore porn? You you're using that hand for something else, holding the book with one, yeah, pleasuring yourself with the other. Where yeah. d- where do you keep your uh, where do you third keep your- hand? <laughs> Third hand, new from Amazon.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Amazon third hand. Yeah, Uh, Facebook third hand live.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Uh, um, but I don't want to get. I'm not done with uh, editing because there's a question or serious question I have for you, Um, and it is, um, I'm writing down a thing you said. one mostly, I've been agreeing with the copy editor, and it's a very good edit. But the one thing I don't agree with is um, she wants to render all thoughts, characters thinking
0: things in language as italics. And I th- there's a lot of if there's a lot of that in the mm-hmm. draft I read, which mm-hmm. I know is not what you're working with right now. But there was a lot of thought, <laughs> thinking expressed. There's
1: a lot of thinking in this book. Yeah and um thinking dialogue so i think it should be in roman i don't think it should be italicized and the reason is i don't think of it as a form of dialogue i think of it as a form of uh of narrative right the narrative is close enough it's it's so deep into the free and direct that it's part of the flow of the reality of the character so it's it's cl- cl- more closely related to the narrative
0: than it is to words that a person is thinking. I wouldn't italicize it, partly because as a reader, I don't, I, I don't like to read anything italicized. I don't like to, I don't like to read large italicized passages. Yeah,
1: I do think um, italics are almost always a, f- a kind of failure.
0: Like letters, in a In a you know, here's here's what's historically italicized. Okay. Letters. <laughs> All right. Right yeah um in, in fiction, right a long letter from somebody or uh, um, things being translated from a foreign language <laughs> right like yeah. the uh, uh, the French in uh, if you're reading uh, war and peace, you know, Russian translated into English, the French is italicized. Um, and those are things I just skip right over. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. I, my, my, my. In my mind, if it's italicized, it's not important. <laughs> <laughs> really. I think that's one of the that's one of the signals that italicized, that italics sends in large passages is this is not important. This is quoted from elsewhere. This is not part of the thing. Yeah, this is outside of the thing. Um, but you know, of course, who who who, always, who, who whose thoughts are always italicized in Stephen King
1: exact when I was talking to another writer friend about this yesterday. Um, I that was my exact complaint is like it makes it read like a Stephen King novel, yeah. which is not a criticism of the technique,
0: but and it, is not irrelevant to this novel.
1: No, not at all, not at all. Yeah,
0: two on the nose. Yeah,
1: two on the nose. Um, I, I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think he's as concerned with like narratological phenomenology as i am like i the, you know he he's he's trying to tell a story in a not unsophisticated but definitely not as like woke way as i would like to think that i am
0: his is, is has to do with pacing and suspense the italics and king are are about pacing and suspense not about um, yeah. Narratology.
1: Also, I have to go kill myself now for appropriating the word "woke" in that in that horrible, <laughs> horrible
0: way. And I'll kill myself for saying narratology. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Signing off. This has been John and Ed. <laughs>
1: anyway, I'm gonna. I am. Uh, um, I am now. Uh, I'm now studying all those politely. I think it will be just fine
0: yeah it takes you out it, it, in, in yeah in certain texts i think it's good i wouldn't want Stephen King to do it any differently, yeah but i think in uh um in a lot of other cases it it, it takes you too far out of the thing seems seems irrelevant yeah it takes you away from the character in, in some sort of narratives it would, it, would t- it takes you into the character's mind and in some it keeps you outside of it i think in yours
1: yeah okay. That's a good explanation. and I Are you accept, done now? I accept it. I'm all done. Copy edits done? <laughs> no. I'm just sli- off. Yeah, No, no. I'm like 65 pages then. Um, I'll spend another five days doing it, I think.
0: Oh.
1: Here in New York City. I was working on it at the New York Public Library in Midtown. Mm-hmm. Is that um, the Lions one, or the big one? Is that the big the, one? It's the big one with the Lions. Um, I thought that I would be doing it up in the... Uh, What is it called? The Rose Reading Room, the big reading room in there, but uh, it is closed (laughs) seemingly until until I have left town. So, um, so I ended up in the periodical room, which uh, was quite delightful, actually. Here's the thing, though: I have never heard so many ringing phones in my life. Who's calling? No, not yeah. I don't. Well, I don't know who's. You know, it's not. They're not calling me. Yeah, but uh, people don't know to turn their Ringer off in a library. And they're, you know, it's not like they're just being jerks about it. They've, they have not thought of it. And they're all just, oh, they, they, they look all flustered and they, they scramble around for their phone and then they, they turn it off. They silence it. Uh, but uh, why, do I just, how can you walk into a library and not turn your ringer off?
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's weird.
1: <laughs> who's getting, who's, who gets phone calls these days? I, I've been getting a spam call every day. Lately, yeah, um, but it's mo- that's what most of my phone calls are spam calls.
0: Yeah, I I don't get it. I don't I don't get any phone calls. I'm a library goer. Yeah, good. I go to the northeast branch of the library. Mm-hmm. One that's that's uh it's the Beverly Cleary Library. Oh, so I think I've told you it has a whole wall <laughs> that's in marble of the neighborhood as described <laughs> by uh, Beverly Cleary. That is wonderful. A Ramona. Uh, no phone problems there. Good. I'm sure there are some problems, but I don't, haven't discovered them yet. Cleary, it's no. Yeah. Um, how else are you enjoying New York City? Have you been walking around?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I've mostly been doing. My children were here for a couple of days. Um, and uh, my older son is a pretty pretty laid back, often content to like do things like go for a walk, read a book. Um my younger son on the other hand is very uh active and eager to do activities. And yeah. so his his notions won the day and the three of us just uh just took the subway everywhere and I spent pretty much my entire budget for my month in new york <laughs> on like you know in meals and other things with uh with kids we went to the natural history museum which they hadn't been to since they were toddlers um mm-hmm. not toddlers a little older than that but uh and it was great i love the natural history it's museum. amazing
0: it's a great thing
1: uh for any yeah. age yeah uh went to this there's this uh restaurant and market complex called eataly by the Flatiron building that Toby's a fan of, and they recently opened a new version of this concept down by the um, 9-11 memorial. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we ate there, and it was lovely. It was overlooking the memorial. And here's the thing. Here's the thing that surprised me. I have been avoiding the 9-11 memorial Mm -hmm. um, because I have very complicated feelings about September 11th and our country's response to it, uh, both at home and abroad and kind of didn't want to deal with it. Yeah, Uh, Didn't realize when, you know, I was just following the map on my phone down to this restaurant. And it wasn't until we were almost there that I realized it was across the street from the memorial. And the kids were like, oh, let's go check out the memorial. So I'm walking towards the memorial. And I think there's only one person, well, actually two, but one in particular I was thinking, who died in the towers, mm-hmm. who was in the, in the towers when it happened and died there. Mm-hmm. Um, I never knew him, but he was a Cornell grad who loved books, and his right. wife, um, after 9-11, donated money to us to create a, a, a semi, twice not twice annually, but every two mm-hmm. years, um, so bi- biannual reading uh, in his honor. And it's usually because he was Irish-American, it's usually an Irish-American or so at one, once an actual Irish writer um, we invite as part of our big series. And his name is Eamon McEnany. And as I was approaching, there's two, you know, there's because of the two towers, there's these two memorials with these cas- cascading fountains that go into a pit in the ground. And you can't, from the edges, you, can, you can't see into the bottom of the pit. So, you, you know, conceptually, it's as though the water is falling forever, right? Um and the uh, on these uh, on the these marble sort of frames that frame the each memorial, there are names of victims are etched in there and i I noticed that the names were there, and I thought, I wonder if I can find amon McEnany's name and we were walking toward one corner of the of one of the two memorials there are thousands of names yeah. he was literally. His name was literally the first one I saw. was directly in my path. Of course. Right in front of me. Because it's the one you were looking for. Because it was the one I was looking for. Oh. So uh, that was one of those serendipitous moments that sort of ca- caught me up and yeah. uh, made me feel unwanted emotion. <laughs> <laughs> right. And right. I found the whole, I actually found the memorial really beautiful and appropriate and uh, quite moving. So That's good. if you haven't, been there
0: i actually recommend that. i haven't been down to it yeah. it was uh i mean i've been down to the zone but not since they finished the memorial yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's nice
0: yeah. It's, it's a long time ago now
1: uh yeah we're about to have the 15th anniversary are we not
0: mm-hmm yeah, i suppose so yeah the 11th anniversary of uh Katrina yesterday. Oh today. my
1: God. Yeah. Do you, do you always, do you feel some pangs this time every year?
0: Um, it's this, it snuck up on me last year, of course, cause it was the, the, the decennial. It was, uh, there was a lot of talk, um, this year. I, uh, wasn't a lot of fanfare. So someone reminded me of it. Um, and I, I was surprised, for, um, that it was so late in, in August. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that August was over. Um, um, but Louisiana has been on my mind. There's, you know, there's been the there's been the flooding, the last uh, two or three weeks.
1: Yeah,
0: um, and some, some people I know who who got <clears throat> displaced permanently by Katrina had moved to uh, a place that was right in the middle of all that flooding, and so they lost their house again. Oh God, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that was an experience for a lot of people. Jesus. Um, because where they where a lot of the flooding was was not a is not um, not supposed to be. Uh, very floody, right? It was just kind of out in the country. It's not the not this not not out in the swamp, you know. Not not in a bowl. It's just a um, just got so much rain.
1: That's just that's just terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the uh, it, is that is that that's enough to enough to make you uh, leave New Orleans?
0: What to make
1: losing your house twice to water oh
0: well they 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 they, they were they had left new orleans the, 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 this oh, flooding was oh. not in new orleans the flooding was uh, more around baton rouge oh okay and in between between new orleans and baton rouge is where the flooding was um yeah safely a safe what you would think it was a safe distance from from new orleans yeah you'd think jesus yeah uh, Donaldsonville, Geismar. But uh, they'll they'll get through it. They'll get through it. Um, You've been eating food in New York?
1: Yeah, actually, uh, I have indeed been eating food, and I'm going to send you a few links. Uh, First of all, I was I mentioned uh, I mentioned and it's a little. I don't know how to spell that. E A T. Hold on. A-L-Y. So, Italy, except with E instead of it. Horrible logo. Um, But that's forgivable. Um, Okay, hold on. Send. Jesus. Oh, God, Ed. Why doesn't Skype... Skype is different, by the way. I haven't used it for three months because we've been on hiatus. And Mm. uh, suddenly... There we go. Okay, so here's here's the website for Italy. That isn't a valid phone number. I don't understand. <laughs> I just wanna I just want to send you something, Ed. Oh anyway. Italy. Italy. Instant message, is that what I want? There we go.
0: You got there it. Go. Got Come it. Send me
1: some H's. Thank you for the well, H's. Just to. Just
0: to um, oh, and it's opening it up in um, uh, the 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 program uh, Microsoft Edge, which my installation of of my of Windows 10.
1: Oh uh, God.
0: Um, kindly. <laughs> um, it changed me to...
1: So um I am not going to say a lot about this place because it's a it's a little quirky. It's kind of off, it's kind of um, off message for us, but it's one of these places where it's very like a, a big high-end market food market with oh, I see. fancy mm-hmm. Italian stuff. And yeah. there's like four or five different restaurants and bars packed into this space. Um, and one of them the kids and I ate this like the pizza and pasta place, um, the most casual and affordable of the bunch, mm-hmm. and um, they seated us right by the window, overlooking uh, uh, one World Trade Center and the memorial. And the sun was setting behind the buildings, behind the financial district, and uh, it was thoroughly beautiful. And the pizza was delicious. So, um, though it's a little, you know, you're gonna you're gonna rub a lot of elbows with a lot of rich people, um, yeah. I actually. Must say that Italy downtown is pretty great, so I'll put that in the notes. But then the following night, um, friend of the show, Adelina um, Kavanaugh, I had I had texted her to say, you you know, the kids are in town. We want to go to Chinatown for dinner. Can you recommend a place? Uh, And because she is a connoisseur of Chinese cuisine in New York, Mm -hmm. and uh, do you want to come? And so she brought us to Four Fifty Six Shanghai. Yeah, so that's um, the name of it? Yeah, and I'm sending you this uh, review in the New York Times uh, from 2011. Uh, very small, kind of cramped, uh, very energetic place on Mott Street. Um, we had uh, an extraordinarily yummy pork shoulder. Nice. Kind of, which I think is kind of a signature thing of theirs. They give you this giant bowl with a with a uh, pork shoulder Sitting in it, that's been cooking all day. Mm-hmm. We had some salt and pepper shrimp. Uh, had some, uh, what the hell else? Some kind of spicy oh, looks chicken. Good. It yeah, does look good, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, uh, soup dumplings, which um, is a thing I adore. Yeah, and my and Toby had a wonderful time um, attempting to peel them off the bottom of the of the bamboo container without ripping them open and spilling the spilling the broth everywhere. And then finally, yeah. we went uh, down the street for dessert. Around the corner for dessert to the uh, Chinatown Ice Cream Factory. Nice on Baird Street. Um, pretty, pretty, uh, you know, pretty typical ice cream, except uh, lots of flavors you will not ordinarily find at an ice cream parlor in the U.S., including uh, lychee and black sesame um
0: and Black like uh, sesame ice cream, taro root. Yeah.
1: Yeah, all of which, you know, are turn out to be d- delicious. Um let's see if they actually have regular flavors. They have uh pandan, Malaysian leaf often used to flavor desserts and foods. I did not eat that and did not know what it was. Red bean, Thai yeah. iced tea ice cream. They have durian ice cream, which I Durian, d- wonderful ice cream. I did not try it, though. Have you had durian yeah. ice cream?
0: I have had the – well, because the uh, – the I had to have it because I, I made Kurt Slauson, uh make it when he was going off to chef school. Yeah. Um, we were visiting him in in uh, Victoria, and we'd stopped in Vancouver in the um, Chinatown there and had bought the durian because it was so – I'd never seen one before. It was so terrifying. You know, a durian fruit is – You know, the size of a cantaloupe or a small watermelon and is is covered in, you know, three or four inch spikes Uh and is terrifying and sharp. And uh, then when you crack it open, which we had to use a club or an axe to do, (laughs) it stinks terribly. It smells like dead and rotting flesh. Um, But then um, prepared properly makes a very nice sweet um, uh, cream, ice cream, creamy ice cream
1: uh i would I would like to try it maybe i 'll go down there and do that um
0: you should find a you should find a durian <clears throat> as well as while you're in New york and just put it on your ottoman or <laughs> table and see what happens. see what it has to say to you <laughs> listen to the durian john listen to the durian um the great thing about the i i just am noticing this
1: now the menu um the menu on the uh Chinatown Ice Cream Factory site they have uh, regular flavors, Um, the menu says regular flavors and then the regular flavors are all these sort of Asian influenced flavors that you might never have had before and then they have a section called exotic flavors that includes chocolate and Rocky Road and strawberry ice cream yeah, very nice yeah, so I like that
0: I would like to have any of those
1: so that's that's what I've been eating so far Last night I met an old student in a bar um, To catch up And uh, I should have known from the Fake Basquiat paintings In the vestibule mm. Like if if Basquiat were white And on antidepressants he might have painted these These highly decorative 12 by 12 inch uh, Paintings um, That I would be paying $10 for a single bottle of Alagash white ale you could buy a case
0: of it for $10. Right?
1: Yeah. And it was the cheapest thing on the menu, and that was my only drink. But it was eat, nice talking to my student, though. Yeah. It's yeah. good. Yeah, so mostly I'm trying to, you know, the the uh, I'm staying on the Upper West Side, um, and uh, there's a great supermarket down the street called Fairway um, that has lots of tasty, prepared foods at it, like... A rotisserie chicken and cheese and kosher salami and, and other good New York things. So I've been mostly trying to cook here in my friend's mm-hmm. apartment.
0: And that's good. That saves, saves time. Yeah. When I am uh, by myself in an apartment or, uh, you know, if I'm <clears throat> someplace for a, a few weeks, you know, on a residency or something, I eat a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Mm hmm. And miso soup yeah and uh, Cheetos Cheetos or something in that Cheeto category <laughs> some snack that I wouldn't be allowed I wouldn't allow myself in my own home what, what would you call the uh, the umbrella <laughs>
1: uh, category under which Cheetos and say um, cheese curls
0: falls shame snacks <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Yeah. Shame snacks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I had I had I, I think I uh, um I've I've eaten two things in the last few months. Maybe we haven't maybe since I last talked to you that that have um made an impression on me. Okay. Uh, of disgust and of disgust and shame.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay.
0: I was driving back from Idlewild, and I spent the night in Redding, California. Yeah. And I stopped. Uh, there's a I don't know if it's a Holiday Inn or a Red Lion or whatever it is, but I've I've often stopped there because it's a good halfway point between Portland and Los Angeles. Um, And there's a steakhouse attached to it that I was. It was late; I'd been driving all day, and so I stopped and and had a a prime rib special. Good. It was it was late; they were about to close. There was a big banquet going on. They were busy. I was not the priority. Right. It was fine. I had I had a magazine. Um, I was tired. It is definitely a pleasure to being not the priority. Yeah. And they brought me a prime rib that didn't look very good. And it had <laughs> but it had like um a kind of a a rhymed on part of it, which I thought was just like maybe the part that was had been in contact with whatever the cooking element was. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it was, uh, it, it, uh, um, uh, I don't know what it was, but I think it wasn't food. <laughs> like maybe it was a bandaid or something like it was, it was salty. It wasn't <laughs> human.
1: You did put it in your mouth though.
0: I ate it. Yeah, I ate it. It was, uh, like I, it was two bites. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I've eaten most of I've eaten most of this prime rib, but here's oh. Sometimes, you, sometimes you eat the gristle, you know. Sometimes yeah. you cut off the, the fat and the gristle. So, but sometimes if you're by yourself, you're gonna eat it. You might eat it. Okay, all right. So you're hungry, and uh, and something about it just like in, instantly I knew. Oh, I don't know what that was. That was not part of the prime rib. That was not the rib. Nothing about it. It might have been a prime number." <laughs> It was like a Fibonacci rib, <laughs> <laughs> and and I felt uh, uh, worried. And in fact, I spent I, I did throw I spent a lot of these, the night throwing up. Oh no! Like I woke up at three in the morning out of a, uh, out of anxiety. Vomiting. No, or out g- of like out genuine of, out of like food poisoning. Oh god! Or you know, um, and I, I just really didn't feel right for a few weeks my god! Even thinking about it now, I'm, 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 it's just it's it's a mystery to me what it was. That that's was. a
1: lot different from not being the,
0: not being the priority. The it's restaurant. a reason. It's a reason not to um, <laughs> eat meat. Yeah. A reason not to eat alone.
1: <laughs>
0: because if I if had been somebody there, I would have said, "What is this? You think I should eat that?" And they would have said, "No, you shouldn't eat that." Of course, of course. I don't know not. what that is. Send this back. <laughs> And then uh, um, a few weeks ago, um, I ate a whole bag of ranch flavored Fritos <laughs> in about an hour. Were they good? No, no, <laughs> no. I was, I was, I, I was hungry. It was after trivia. Jill was out of town. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd had a couple of beers. And I was, I was going home and I was hungry. I stopped at the Plaid Pantry, which is the name of our, our convenience store chain, the Plaid Pantry. It's <laughs> a pretty good, pretty good name. And I, I, uh, um, I thought I was just getting a bag of regular Fritos, which I like. And with regular Fritos, I'll have a few. And then, you know, I don't, one of the things about regular Fritos is I don't feel tempted to eat too many. Yeah. I like a handful of Fritos. That's fine. Okay. Handful yeah, of course, sure. It's good. Good corn chip. Salty. Thick. Make me think of my grandfather Roop, who liked Fritos.
1: They're thick and just like a, to eat.
0: a little little rubbery. Yeah. They push back just a little. Yeah. Like my grandfather liked to eat eat Fritos and watch the Redskins. <laughs> think of him. And uh but I, I accidentally had got the uh, the experimental end cap um Frito, which was ranch <laughs> flavored. Yeah. And uh, just sort of absent mindedly ate the whole bag before I <laughs> yeah. went to bed, and then woke up with just like uh, a salt overdose. Oh no! Just like an overdose of salt that made me feel really bad, just un- imbalanced Yeah, about my whole system for for like a week. So I, I drank lots of water. I looked. I looked up. What do you What do you do when you've had too much salt? <laughs> <laughs> and Dr. Internet said, drink a lot of water. I <laughs> yeah. drink a lot of water anyway. <laughs> yeah. Says that will flush out most of the salt, but a lot of, you know, a lot of people keep you – know, a lot of it has to come out through sweat. So I went um, and did more more than the usual amount of sauna-ing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I've been to sauna quite a bit anyway. Yeah. Because I've been uh, – uh, I go and lift weights every couple of days. Oh, wow. And I swim. Really? Like every other day, I go to the. Ed,
1: that's every, exercise. Every every what you, third day, well, it doesn't
0: feel like exercise. Because I listen, I just listen to um, listen to music and, and and lazily. I'm the laziest person in the in the weight room. Yeah. I'm the slowest swimmer in the pool. Yeah. I I don't care. I don't care. I'm not. I'm not catching up with anybody there, nobody's catching up with me. <laughs> uh, but so then there's, there's a sauna, and I you know, so I, I went so I sweated a lot, try to get the salt out through through sweating. You know, <laughs> I played some basketball. Oh yeah, thinking well, basketball is fun. i kind of can play it a little better now, and and I, I knew I would work up a good sweat because the basketball room is really hot. <sighs> and it still still didn't work. And then I said, also eat a lot of bananas. Because <laughs> because potassium like the salt is balanced out by potassium in your system, yeah, and that's the best okay. way to get potassium. So I, I ate a lot of bananas. Okay, so I, so then, I was drinking I like gallons of water, trying to sweat it out, and eating lots of bananas. So was this some, all? Was this some, all
1: preventative, or were you already feeling the effects of salt overload? And what are those effects?
0: This was after after feeling the salt overload. Um, you know, I just I felt I felt salty. <laughs> Yeah, I felt salty. My mouth felt dry all the time and ranchy. <laughs> and whatever ranch is, I felt ranchy. <laughs> I didn't just feel salty. I felt ranchy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I would say my, my brain just wasn't working right. Yeah. You know, it's like my blood wasn't working right. My brain wasn't working right. Um, my memory wasn't working right. Yeah.
1: I'll tell you what. I... Spent an I spent an unexpectedly uh, large amount of time by myself this summer, and what I have learned about being alone is when there isn't someone there. It's not like you need someone there to tell you don't eat another bowl full of Snyder's cheddar cheese flavored pretzel chunks. The pretzels are healthy. <laughs> okay, okay. Just I'll take that as a given, but. Um, it 's not like that person was going to tell you not to, but their very presence there makes yeah. it f- makes you feel ashamed to get up and get more pretzels and whiskey and So you get up and you get more pretzels and whiskey, and there are no immediate consequences and I 've put on a fair amount of weight this this uh, <laughs> this summer as a result of that so now here now, one nice thing about being in New York is that um, you can walk pretty much everywhere, so I do. Um, yeah. And I should I should shed a few pounds. I I hope this month. Um, but uh, but man alive! Uh, late night late night salty snacks in large quantities. It's a the siren
0: song is powerful. It's worse than it's worse than drinking too much. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like, like it made me feel worse than like a hangover, or just this the sourness of of having had a, a drink too many. Yeah saltiness and i know this is it's fascinating for everybody (laughs) um loneliness but the subtext so on the surface i'm talking about too much salt but the real subjects are loneliness just just for the just for the subtext for the listener are loneliness and shame (laughs) yep pretty much we're talking about loneliness and shame here on the lunchbox podcast (laughs) Oh, uh, what else is new? <laughs> you, you know, we
1: haven't um, we haven't spoken, we haven't had a podcast since the um, since the uh, uh, the political conventions. <laughs> no, what do you mean? We do it every week. It's a weekly podcast. Oh, that's right. It's a weekly podcast. So we've we've done about uh, five of them, but. Do we well, need to say you, anything
0: about politics? Oh, no, no, nobody cares. We're, everybodys we're, we're so obsessed with it. I, okay. It's nice, nice to not talk about okay, politics. Okay, that's good, that's good. But I will tell you that I saw Duran Duran a couple nights ago. What? Really? Yeah, I totally did. It was How? unexpected. So there was a music festival, the Project. How Pabst old are Project. they? Old. Uh, They're not Simon older Lebon, than 60, Simon Lebon though, right? Simon Bon looks like Terrence Stamp. Well, that's not a bad look. It looks like it looks like Emperor Zod. If if you can
1: grow old like Terrence Stamp has grown old, you know, yeah. sign me up. Oh yeah, oh, Simon's looking good. Simon's looking good.
0: Okay. Um. Uh, but yeah, he looks like like Emperor Zod. Is that his name in Flash Gordon? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, but I know yeah. who you're talking about. Yeah, he's wearing a similar outfit. Um. And the other guys, John Taylor, he looks like my elementary school librarian, uh, Mrs. Uh, um, Mrs. Klimenhaga.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, no, Mrs. Klinkenbeard. I'm sorry. Oh my God! Looks like, really? Looks like uh, Miriam Klinkenbeard. <laughs> Pop elementary school. <laughs> um, so first I went. Uh, it was it was down along the river. Some friends from Seattle had come down for it. They had a spare ticket, so I I didn't know that that I went at the start of the day. I didn't know that I would be seeing an NWA reunion. And, uh, Duran wow. Duran. Oh my God. What a, what a bill. That's well, great. Well, it's Bill just as ice cube, but then after, uh, um, a few minutes, he brought out, uh, DJ Yella and, uh, MC Ren. Hell yeah. And then his son came out and, uh, filled in some of the other, uh, some of the, uh, um, easy E and, uh, Dr. Dre versus.
1: That's fantastic.
0: And they did four or five uh, N.W.A. hits. It was pretty
1: great. Was there any? Was you know how um, one act often will uh, join the join the join the other act on stage? Was there any Duran Duran N.W.A. Did not overlap? happen. Oh. Did not happen.
0: Was not going to happen. Okay, yeah, not happen. Uh, I'll tell you, Ice Cube, he can hold the stage. I, I believe it. Yeah, forty-seven <laughs> years old getting big mm-hmm. um and he he held the stage uh with with uh with great they're, they're both they're both imperial figures in their way yeah ice cube and simon lebon sure, and the way that they could they could hold the crowd um going through these these uh very 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 differently than say i was thinking so this is, this music is all thirty years old or more, yeah yeah Twenty-five to thirty years old. They're like in in the nineteen eighties. If I were to see uh, 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 Chuck Berry, okay. Elvis, Bill Haley, and the Comets, uh, uh, Perry Como.
1: Yeah, for sure. I I I, I saw. I, I I really liked seeing f- f- like early sixties uh, nostalgia acts in the eighties. You know, yeah. I went to, I saw The monkeys. By the way, The <laughs> monkeys have a new record out, and it's really good. Yeah. Like, it's genuinely excellent. Um, you, I'm, you know, you, Davy Jones is missed, but otherwise it sounds like them. And they did what they used to do. They got the great sort of songwriters of the day. Yeah. Uh, rock and roll songwriters of the day to write them some songs. And um, there's one by Andy Partridge from XTC. There's one from uh, Ben Gibbard. Really? Um, yeah. It's and it's a really good, fun summer record. I highly recommend it. Can't remember the name of it, and I'm too lazy to reach out yep. 18 inches to my keyboard and search for it.
0: Now you're 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 laying back on a Davenport. I think your legs are crossed. Yeah. Uh, you could you could be taking a nap in this position.
1: Uh, as soon Looks as like. we hang up, I'm just gonna. I'm not even gonna take the headphones off. I'm just gonna lay back. I'm not even gonna stop recording. I'm gonna lay yeah. back. Right. Take a nap. Anyway, um yeah, so uh I've ha- I've had that thought a lot lately is that the 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 history of popular music keeps folding over on itself. So the, you know, the meaning of seeing a 30-year-old act in 1980 is drastically different from seeing a 30-year-old act now, I think. Yeah.
0: Oh, sure. Well, for us. But uh do you think do you think it's do you think it's the same for young people as it was for us? Then? no no i think i think i think you're right i think there's there's some there's some uh uh false false equivalency between <laughs> um
1: uh, <laughs> hillary between, clinton and
0: donald trump <laughs> between uh <laughs> between pop music between contemporary music's um uh r- 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 relevance and uh the the this, this, the doubling the this, the speed of of making smaller um microchips yeah Right, The doubles the capacity doubles <laughs> yeah. every eighteen months or yeah. something like that.
1: Yeah, Moore's law.
0: Yeah, Moore's law is that what it's called?
1: Yeah, it's 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 defunct now. But yes.
0: Yeah. But uh, um, some 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 false equivalency I'm suggesting between that and uh, um, pop revel- relevancy. Yeah, yeah. To some degree, in in the sense that that uh, um, that seeing Ice Cube and, and Duran Duran in 2016 is not necess- is not inherently an act of nostalgia. Right, I, I, I agree it's with certainly that. Certainly not Ice Cube. I agree with that. I despite not- despite his, 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 his insistence that he was going to take us back to 1989. <laughs> to 1994, he was announcing it. It was no- clearly nostalgic for him. Yeah, yeah. But not necessarily for, for, for a large part of the audience. Um, hold on a second. Let me see if I
1: can see a recent picture of, of him. Simon, I Mike mean, Cube. he's he's mostly. I mean, he's mostly okay. So Ice Cube is forty-seven. Yeah, um, Simon yeah. Le is fifty-seven. No, yeah. um, but Ice Cube is mostly acting these days, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I I uh I I like the idea of that combo. I like the idea that if you had, if you had asked me to choose some acts. I admired back in the day and to to still be doing shows in 25 or 30 years i would not have chosen either of these acts
0: to to see or no to to still to to, bet on that they would still be exactly
1: to bet on to bet on their continued
0: activity right to imagine that ice cube is a kind of elder statesman
1: yeah exactly and, so, you yeah. know, Simon Le Bon, I mean, he, his both of them, you know, they're kind of, I, you know, I think Ice Cube has reinvented himself a little more deftly than Simon Le Bon, who's merely kind of aging into his role. He used to be a pretty boy fronting Duran Duran, and now he's a, he's a he- hella good-looking guy fronting yeah. Duran Duran. But, um, but uh, yeah, I'm delighted you got to do that. Duran Duran, I didn't like them. Oh really? You you didn't like them back in the '80s, or you didn't like them the other I didn't like them, like the them but I
0: yet I know every note.
1: Yeah, right. Well, it was like me going to see Heart at uh, Bumbershoot. I could not have called myself a fan of Heart, and I thought mm-hmm. that their particular brand of bombast kind of irritated me back in the '70s and '80s. But um, seeing them play at Bumbershoot, I like. I just had. I didn't. I didn't realize. I knew they had a ton of hits. I didn't. I'd never counted them up in my head and realized that you could stand there listening to them play for two hours and not hear a single song that you didn't know every word of. Beyond
0: Barracuda, (laughs) (laughs) the John Lennon Heart Experience. (laughs) That's your essay about Heart. Yeah. Right. Beyond (laughs) Barracuda. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Hey, well, we are, we're we're coming up on an hour, but do you want to um, do you want to say anything about your? How are things going with the forthcoming book, "Run the Red Lights"? Your new collection of poetry from Copper Canyon Press.
0: Thank you very much. Um, it will it is supposed to come out November ninth. Yeah, and I will be um, reading from it at a variety of locales. Great, including a uh, um, release party, a party for it at the Hugo House November sixteenth. And I'll be reading in Boise, Idaho, (laughs) Missoula, Montana, Spokane, Washington, the LA area, Lawrence Public Library. Of course. My brother's house in Overland Park, (laughs) Prairie Lights Books in Iowa City, Iowa, Drake University, uh, other things, AWP.
1: I'm interested in this this reading at your brother's house. Will you be on the porch? Uh,
0: probably in his his uh, nicely uh, renovated um, living room, which has a whole a whole very nice new kitchen. Yeah, they, they just uh, it's, it's, the house is now really built for entertaining. Is <laughs> their kids? Uh, it's built for poetry my, my, readings. My my, my uh, um, three nieces nephews have have all left the house, sort of, except they're still there a lot. Yeah. Um, but they're all out of high school. And so the house is converted from being a a uh a, a place for teenagers and children to uh learn and relax and be nurtured to a place for adults to um <laughs> salt to, overload to uh um have a, a margarita and talk to each other. All right. So that's nice. Yeah. No salt in my margarita,
1: please. <laughs> I, I would say seven times, eight times out of ten, I'd ask for no salt on my margarita. Yeah. But the other two, sometimes I just want to do it the way it's done, even though I kind of prefer it without.
0: Yeah.
1: So that, uh, that sounds like a good, uh, a good tour. Um, what does it mean? More in- to be announced. Okay. Other things are in the works in uh, november of 2016 what does it mean to give a reading quote unquote at hugo house uh
0: the hugo house has a has a um temporary uh location um i think in an old uh, a, a a sort of modern uh convent or no what do you call it where the uh vestry i don't know some place where i think some some nuns are Dukes lived it's for a really? while I don't know it's <laughs> not my religion um, <laughs> it's, it's now been converted to uh, um, uh, Hugo House space I think under the um, the patronage and friendship of the Fry Art Museum so it's still on Capitol Hill First Hill okay uh, and they have a reading space and they have a bar so it's, it's not uh, the Hugo House um, that I knew no no, it has, is, is a flat place now. Oh. Um, I, I don't know if they've started building, but it was demolished a month or two ago.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, it, the last time I saw Alyssa Washuda, she had said that before they demolish it, she was going to go in there yeah. and rip <laughs> off the wall the mirror that she used yeah. to look in to, to yeah. prepare herself to give a reading. And
0: well, she, well, it's not, not just that, but what else about the mirror? I don't remember. The bathroom is is where some uh, important scenes in uh, uh, Sherman Alexie's uh, uh, film happen. Oh, of, some all right. Of, some of, not, not smoke signals, but the other one, yeah, are are, are filmed in that uh, in parts of the Hugo House, including that 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 bathroom and that mirror.
1: Right. Well, she, and I, I was, and I was like, yeah. A lot of people say they're going to go in there and rip a mirror off the wall and take it home, but she did it, and she documented it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh and had a picture of herself on Instagram hold, proudly holding the mirror that she had torn off the wall. Um I'm I was impressed.
0: I think she's had an impressive summer. She had a residency on a bridge. Yep. And she's <laughs> in New Zealand
1: now. I, I think she I just mean, got back, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she told she she told me, You would like this conference. I was like, mm-hmm. make it so. <laughs> uh, I would like to go to New Zealand to do a writer's yeah. conference. Yeah. But very impressive about the about writing on the Fremont Bridge. That was good. She knows, yeah, she knows how to live. <laughs>
0: she knows how to live.
1: So, okay, the book is coming out in November, and you're going to give a bunch of readings. I guess we'll, we'll talk about yeah. that more
0: in the future. Yeah. And what's uh, after you copy edit this, it's coming out in the spring?
1: Coming out in May.
0: May of 2017. Mm-hmm.
1: May 2017, Broken River. And then in Britain, it's going to come out in June. Um, oh, no. Nice. Fingers crossed about it. Um, I'm excited about it. That's all.
0: I'm excited about it as well. Thank you. I'm excited about it as well. So excited for you to, to get it out of your um, to do list, also, so that you can move forward with something new. Yeah, I
1: have a. I wrote. Um, I wrote a. So Sam Ligon, oh. um, mm-hmm. is, Sam Ligon is putting together an anthology uh, of pie and whiskey. Stories. Oh, very nice. Very so, nice. or maybe poems as well. I'm not sure what it's full of, but um, basically, he's, for those who, who don't already know this, Sam uh, is one of the people who runs the Pine Whiskey Reading Series, uh, which along is,
0: with uh, Kate uh, Lebo. Kate Lebo, previous uh, Lunchbox guest. Yep, Lunchbox guest, Kate Lebo.
1: And she is, uh, uh, as as listeners might recall, uh, has great facility with pies, mm-hmm. uh, and they. They have this great series where, uh, a, and you know what, the series I've never seen a reading with so many people that actually was not boring and too long. Like he really seems, they really seem to know how to persuade yeah. people not to go over time. So you got to write something that's got pie or whiskey in it, or in the case of many people, repurpose something you've already written just shove a pie or some whiskey in there. But he commissioned. He commissioned i 'm i 'm like i i 'm going to be like the seers of the anthology He asked a, <laughs> c- certain writers to write something longer as kind of like anchor pieces for the anthology and um i've had a very unproductive summer it 's been very difficult for me to even read, let alone write and um this thing that was f- forced me to write something and i I put it um I decided to give the story to these two characters. I've been writing about this married couple who despise each other, um, and I've been writing these little comic vignettes about them. And I uh, was thinking maybe I should write a novel about them. And yeah. uh, I think this this story was the first experiment writing a long thing uh, about them. Uh, and uh, so that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping to do. It's sort of gotten me excited about the idea again. And I think the re- once I finish this copy edit. I'm going to continue with these characters. So thanks, my thanks to Sam for uh, kind of reminding me how to write again. Forcing me to remember how to
0: write. And I thank him too. Yeah.
1: Also, for, Nick, next year, he said, next fall, Pine Whiskey Anthology. That's great. I'll read
0: that. I'll read it. I bet it will have a great cover. I bet you're right. Yeah. What, do you what, go more towards the pie or more towards the whiskey, or how do you split them? In, how do you
1: in the anthology, or are you asking me for my visually story? represent
0: them on the cover? I'm trying to picture.
1: Um, I don't know. I actually think the cover. I think that's a great pitfall because there are lots of obvious things to do with the cover. You know, I'm picturing a. I'm picturing a. Uh, a you know, checkerboard, like a you know plastic gingham-looking tablecloth. You,
0: you could go that way, but you could also go the way of the uh, the architects of the ni- of the uh, 9/11 memorial, and have it be <laughs> a, uh, a, a pie that has two kind of bottles of whiskey um, pouring down, so it seems that they're going all the way and in- infinitely into the pie. Uh, and then you also have it uh kind of lenticular, so you move the as you move the, uh, um, the cover, it uh, creates an appearance of, of, of movement. Is that too soon?
1: Are you hungry for lunch? Well, then let's have lunch. Do you want some lunch? Well, then we'll give you some lunch. Do you have a hankering for lunch? Well, then come to lunch. It's time for Lunchbox with Ed and John That's right, it's time for Lunchbox with Ed and John